Tuesday. Hope everybody had a good Memorial Day. Uh, we remember those who have fallen, those who served and sacrificed, given their lives for the, the ultimate, which is freedom and liberty, which uh, we are enjoying less and less these days in this grand tyranny we now know as America. Uh, at the helm here in Studio 22, the mothership driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity. Of course, the puppet master, Mark. Super Chris Cruz and Let's Love Brandon at the helm. We're going to get right into it. My very good friend Jorge Ventura is back. He is in the hot seat as promised. I'm glad you're here. Yes, sir. You have been all over the place. You've been reporting from the border. You've been most recently, obviously, in Uvalde. That's what we're going to spend the topic, the, the majority of our time on that topic today. Before we get into that, though, since people, I know their attention spans are weird and they, you know, they tend to trail off after they get the juicy stuff what are you doing what's going on in your life what new projects are you working on because you've always got another documentary yes, coming out what do you what do you what's all what all is going on so right now Chad, we just uh, actually finished up wrapping up a new documentary we were in northern california and we were uh, kind of following the asian drug cartels that are involved in the uh, illegal marijuana um cannabis industry you actually had me on chat when we did the, our, our first documentary in southern california right. related more to the uh, mexicans this one's more asian based and i think people are gonna be fascinated to see how the the asian drug cartels are also getting involved in local politics and just taking over these small rural towns uh in california so we just finished up that and that documentary should be out um sometime in august and when it is i'll be here sitting with you chad good i, I want you to be and obviously you know anytime for any reason whatsoever that seat is open to you and um i want you here you're doing God's work. <clears throat> Anybody that's been watching the news um, has seen Jorge. I mean, if you're watching Fox, whatever, you've been contributing. Mm-hmm. They've been beaming you in everywhere. Every time I turn around, you're on there. So thank you for doing something that is massively inconvenient to life. Mm-hmm. But these types of tragedies obviously are. But you've been following the stuff going on down at the border. And if we have time, we could talk some more about that. But let's talk about this because we had pre-taped last week we did we did not get to talk last week about the school shooting in uvalde uvalde is a great community um obviously campaigning around texas i've spent time there and i've been there prior good people there um small town texas Mm -hmm. right you know down close to the border working class working class blue collar Mm -hmm. a lot of latino families I, i heard a crazy you know, somebody said on my Twitter, they said, you know, I hate for my mind to go there, but I'm just wondering if this was racially motivated. I was like, boy, you talk about not knowing anything about you, yeah, no. or, or they were even saying that the reason the cops didn't go in is because it was racially. I was like, the Everyone cops is are Latino. Yeah. Everyone is Hispanic in Uvalde. Everybody. So anyway, um, yeah. Walk us through. Let's let's recap. Mm-hmm. We know that a gunman went into a school, killed 19 kids and two teachers. Let's recap the events of, of last Tuesday. Yes, sir. From your perspective, what you've heard, what you've seen, this guy crashed his car. What happens? So for us, uh, Chad, we were originally in um, in Eagle Pass, and we were spending time also on the Mexican side in Pedras Negras reporting on the ending of Title 42. So that's right. originally what my reporting trip was all around. I was in Mexico with another reporter, Julio Rosas of Town um, Hall Media, and when we found out about the shooting, the information was flowing so fast, Chad. The first information that we got, and this is credible sources, that a Border Patrol agent got in a car chase with an illegal immigrant. And the illegal that was armed, and he jumped into a school. So that was the first initial report. Obviously, we, we found out that wasn't true. We got back to the U.S. side. I got together with my colleague, uh, Thomas Cooper, me and him, Julio, 
went just straight to, to Uvalde, no questions asked. As soon as we got there, the FBI actually just arrived at the school. Within the first hour, we actually spoke to a key witness. We were one of the first people to report. Um, according to that witness that we spoke with, uh, he heard the gunfire shots when uh, Ramos shot his grandmother. He only lived like a couple houses from the shooter. He said as soon as he heard it, jumps out, sees Ramos in his truck, drive down the street, crashed into a ditch. And then we were one of the, like I said, the first to report that Ramos actually, and us in the AP, um, Ramos actually started shooting at the funeral home. There was two employees that came out of the funeral home because they heard the, the loud crash. They come out, shots rang their direction, and then that's when Ramos jumped in school. For us on the ground, just the first day was hectic because the information was flowing so fast. We didn't know what to believe. First, we had it at two deaths. By the time we, we got there, that, that number increased. And it was really sad, Chad, because... Um, on the ground for for a parent, you they didn't know whether their child was missing or deceased until two or three in the morning, until mm-hmm. it was confirmed uh, d- d- due to the DNA testing. So it was just brutal. The first the first day was just it was all about kind of gathering all the information. What exactly ha- happened? Like I said, we spoke to key witnesses, started piecing up everything. We said, wait a minute, this, is, this guy wasn't a, an illegal immigrant. He was part of the community. 18 year old kid, uh, been unemployed over a year. Used to work at Wendy's. Um, so that was kind of our our first setting of just kind of trying to get all the information and then little by little as as things started rolling out we started to kind of paint the picture for a bigger story you and i when i walked in the building today i knew you were coming obviously uh you and i've communicated a little bit um but not about any details and when you walked when i walked in the building i saw you we hugged each other said hello and i said i want to talk to you but i do not want to talk to you until the cameras are rolling yes sir so nothing we we've so i don't want anybody when we're talking i don't want anybody to think that you and i've kind of prepped anything and you said over and over let's just stick to the facts mm-hmm. we know right um and that's that's what we need to do because there's a lot of theories out there there's a lot of speculations even i said on twitter over the weekend or last week i said there's a lot of fishy shit yeah no yeah. it's a lot of fishy shit and everybody came at me and they said oh well, conspiracy theories i said i'm not offering any of that up there i'm just saying this was this was tuesday night or wednesday i don't know but by by thursday i think it was wednesday and then by thursday all the media outlets were saying it was fishy something was weird yes, going sir. On. so i just happened to get ahead of the game i'm not pushing that everybody has a narrative but let me ask you some questions do we know like the truck did that belong to his grandmother so we know the owner of the truck so the that that truck belonged to his grandmother wasn't it wasn't his um ramos crashed the truck at 12 at a no he crashed the truck at 11 28 um we find out now um well first according to the the big thing that started the whole mistrust with the police and the public was that uh 24 hours after the shooting texas dps director steve mccraw holds a press conference steve says ramos crashes his truck and then he engages with a campus resource officer only for 24 hours later than to put out a statement saying oh that never happened Mm. so right there that was that was a, a huge hole what we did now find out is when ramos crashed his truck the resource officer drove actually past it because what Ramos did is when he saw the resource officer, he kneeled. And so is that why he crashed? No, he just he just crashed because he was just discombobulated. The kid doesn't even know how to how to how to how to drive. He already had a plan to 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 shoot the school because he actually wrote on Facebook 15 minutes prior that that he was going going to do that. So the campus resource officer actually missed him um, and didn't see Ramos. And then what we also found out is that Ramos was outside for a whole 12 minutes before going into the school. So that's a huge question where parents are like, why couldn't law enforcement neutralize Ramos before even getting into school? He was outside for a whole 12 minutes. Like I said, he, he, he shot fires um, to, to the funeral home, but the campus resource officer completely missed Ramos. So 
Was it because he was in the ditch? Yeah. You just didn't see him? He didn't see him at all. Yeah, he, and, and Ramos kneeled down, according to the, to the documents now put, it, put out by law enforcement, but he was outside for a whole 12 minutes before entering the camp, uh, Rob Elementary School that we now know was through an unlocked door that was, op- that was left unlocked uh, by a teacher at the campus. And do we know, I, I know the store, the Oasis yes, gun sir. store mm-hmm. where he supposedly purchased, he's, he just turned 18. Um, he bought apparently Daniel Defense rifles, which are some of the most expensive AR platforms. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the cheapest one they have is $1,800. Mm-hmm. You can buy an AR-15, seven, $600, $700. Um, these are expensive, Daniel Defense. My first question was, with these supply chain issues going on around the country, how readily available would Daniel Defense ARs be in a place like Uvalde? I mean, I know a lot of the gun stores in Dallas and Fort Worth even, their gun shelves are kind of barren in some places right. because they don't have stuff in it. And let's just face it, through the last couple of years, gun sales have been through the roof across the country. Uh, people just kind of stockpiling and buying up. So I wondered, you know, was that an issue? I went to the website of the store. I saw that they're online store was pulled down you just go to a page that said you know pray for uvalde so that was a question that i had there i I reached out to my friends joseph and jared stanier uh, that have texas gun experience here in in fort worth in grapevine i'm sorry and i asked them how readily and they said actually not too hard to find you know south and west texas a lot of ranchers and stuff like that so you you got more and more of that so that kind of quelched that but i'm like you know here's an 18 year old who either had some decent credit or divvied up a lot of cash to go buy these guns. Was there anything revealed about all of that? So we're still waiting for more uh, information on that. There is, There was a, uh, a news group down um, in Uvalde who was actually interviewing some of the uh, Wendy's uh, employees that uh, Ramos used to work with. And according to their reporting, what they said is that even when he was working at Wendy's, that he was basically saying, hey, I'm just working to buy up guns and, and really? stuff like that. So he was already putting out that signal. Uh, we did some interviews with locals who, who said he was always an off character. There was a local media TV that did a great interview with the guy who said hey this guy ramos is a uh was a complete jerk he wasn't like a kid that was bullied he did the bullying he um you know and he was known for abusing animals that's always a big sign in these kind of yeah. these kind of you know serial killers and things like that is, is the abusement of animals so that was that was known for uh for years but uh i mean according to his family that ramos stopped going to school for over a year was been has been unemployed for over a year and uh man we're still like i said we're still trying to get all the answers into this kind of crazy story that just keeps each day is something developing new the big thing also right now chad about with with the parents and everything and what we've seen is um the 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 police response uh, according to their own documents from uvalde police um handling a shooter in a school they actually filled their own protocols so when you're when you deal with an active shooter in a school and we're, we're talking about with kids throw out all the guidelines meaning like the whole barricaded suspect and we wait for tactical unit that they're not even supposed to do that according to their own document and i went through them yeah. let's say i'm a police officer and i arrive oh i have to go straight to the shooter i can't wait for you my backup no one i have to go in there and get to the shooter because according to their documents time is of the essence it's so important actually that they're, they even say that if there's a kid who's been shot and he needs help you can't even attend to the kid yet till the shooter is dealt with between 1203 to 1246 43 minutes, 911 dispatchers, uh, 911 dispatchers fielded numerous calls of kids begging the police to go in there. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, police didn't save. Police did save. They saved tons of people, teachers and, and kids. But we're, we're dealing with that particular classroom. Um, so far from their protocols, it's been a failure. And the Texas DPS have, have put out the statement themselves. It's not even coming from me. They said, hey, in hindsight, we made the wrong decision. They had 19 officers in a hallway ready to barricade, ready, ready to go into the room. 
And they decided to stand down and wait for additional units. There was a border tactical team, Chad, that arrived ready to go. They didn't have the full equipment, but they were ready to go. But they, they were delayed by the on uh, commanders, uh, the on scene commander uh, with Uvalde police. They were they were uh, told to stand down. They waited so long that the tactical unit disobeyed the orders and went in there anyway. So that um, you know, hopefully people people might might who who didn't know that um, could could find that interesting because there's there's a lot of rumors. There was a rumor that an off duty border patrol agent jumped into the school and he was the one that that killed Ramos. Um, that's not true. He did jump into school. He saved his kids. He he saved um, several other kids. Um, but it was that border tactical unit, uh, Chad, that actually disobeyed the orders of standing down and said, "We're not waiting any longer." So we saw the reports of parents being tased and pepper sprayed and handcuffed and things like that. How prevalent was something like that? Was that happening? Yeah. We, we spoke to multiple witnesses, multiple parents on the scene. Um, parents basically heard the gunfire shots, jumped in the car, went straight to the school. They were met by law enforcement in, in, the, um, in the parking lot. And according to the parents that I've been speaking with, they were begging police to go in there and just put an ending to the shooting. The Washington Examiner had it reported that it was up to 40 minutes parents were begging. There was actually a group of uh, parents that huddled together and were game planning to go into the school. One of the more remarkable stories, there's a mother, Angeli Rose Gomez, heard of the shooting. She was 40 miles out of Uvalde, drove those 40 miles, got to the school, begged the police to go in there. Um, the police then put her uh, in handcuffs. Uh, Angeli actually knew some of the local uh, Uvalde police officers. She convinces them to free free them. As soon as she got freed, she jumped over the fence. She got her two kids yeah. and was out of there. It's truly amazing. I read that story. I also read regarding the protocol. You know, if, say, multiple law enforcement go into an active shooter situation and one gets goes down, they, they don't tend to that one. They keep on going. Yes, they press forward to... Especially when you're dealing with kids. Like, yeah. with, with, with children, the, 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 the game kind of changes and you can't wait for... A, a whole barricaded hostage situation you have to go in there guns blazing and according to their own Uvalde police protocols it says if you're not ready to do that yeah. then this career isn't meant for you yeah and obviously you and I we've we know we're, we're pro-law enforcement of course we are um but again things happen you, you know you and I've tried to put myself in those shoes I don't know that in your mind you can do that we got to go to a break but I want us to think about this as we go to the break is you know everybody wants to put a blame somewhere mm -hmm. and i think that that is one of the places that they saw a quick place to do it obviously the other side's putting the blame on the gun i'll talk about that we'll talk about some of the stuff that biden's come out with over the weekend and it's just it's crazy it's sad and our heart's broken um i didn't say that at the very beginning i, I kind of make that an understood thing our heart mm -hmm. is broken over this situation this is a sad deal We'll be right back. But, uh, hey, in these politically charged times, conservatives need to vote with their dollars. Uh, our friends over at Minutemen Coffee, they're the coffee for American patriots. They're constitutionally based. They're family-owned. They're a great company, steadfast in their belief that all freedom-loving Americans deserve products from companies that share their beliefs without the fear of cancellation or retaliation from the woke mob. Minutemen Coffee believes in your constitutional rights. They believe in it so much they're going to send you a copy of the Constitution with every order so you can bring this important conversation to the coffee table and educate the next generation of constitutional patriots. This amazing coffee, and it is amazing, it's small-batched, handcrafted from family farms across the globe, roasted to perfection, and delivered fresh to you. I've tasted a lot of different coffee in in my life, but Minutemen Coffee hits the mark when it comes to taste and aroma. I'm sure you're going to love it as much as I do. Plus, with Minutemen Coffee, you're going to get a full pound of coffee for less than most companies are going to charge for just a cup full. Minutemen Coffee has a special going right now that if you buy three bags of Heritage Roasts, they'll add Trader Joe to your cart 
and it'll be free as well as free shipping. So go check them out, MinutemanCoffee.com. If you don't want that offer, use C-H-A-D. I spell it Chad at checkout. They'll give you 15% off your order. Join the coffee revolution. Help us spread the Constitution. Wake up without going woke. MinutemanCoffee.com. We'll be right back. All right, so we're sitting here with Jorge uh, Ventura. And, you know, I lived in small-town USA, small-town. I mean, you got little communities outside of big towns, and then you got small towns, Mm -hmm. right? So I I lived in a place, 23,000 population. I was looking over the weekend. I was just comparing some things. Because, again, folks, again, it ain't about conspiracy theories. It's just about you should be asking questions. Because, one, you don't want this to happen again. You want to be aware. You want to be able to protect your own community and the people around you. But, but you just want to investigate. You want to see, you know, what's the connection here? What's going on? And, and Uvalde's, what, 17, 18,000 people's population, something like that. I was looking at, say, like Newtown, Connecticut, you know. If you go back to the shooting there, I think that's like 26,000, mm-hmm. 27,000 people. So these are small towns. Um, typically in a town like that, you kind of know everybody, you know, you, or you know of them, right? This isn't where, you know you got a bunch of strangers in there and hey if you got a character that's kind of off you usually know about that character. oh absolutely you know what i'm saying everybody kind of knows uh that's just small town america were the signs not there with this guy i mean did that were they not picking up on that or I mean, what's the community saying you know they're they're saying that the signs were were basically always, always there even just two months ago um ramos had an altercation with his mother with actually eight police officers from uvalde had to show up but like you were saying chad it's, it's a community that knows everyone it's um i got to know the community from covering the the border crisis uvalde is about 50 miles from the border but they have an issue where the drug smugglers always running through so i got to know the mayor yeah and it's everyone knows everyone everyone knows that the police officers there. everyone's <laughs> embedded in, in in the community and so this was, you know, Ramos always kind of stuck out as an as an off character. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, you you can't predict someone to do something that evil. Um, one thing I, th- I think it's important to point out, Chad, it was what he did was so gruesome. Um, you know, we were speaking to our sources. The DNA testing was required for the bodies because they were just so unrecognizable. I mean that that to me broke my heart when um when we when we started getting that information that you know these families can't even do the an open casket. But that, that's how brutal Ramos was with, with his shooting, that if it wasn't for DNA testing, they, they could not get an ID on those bodies. So. And that's why so many people were saying, we still haven't heard from our daughter. We don't know where she is. Mm-hmm. You know, this was, again, this is 2 o'clock in the morning. And I know the, the conspiracy wing of the world started going, oh, see, these are it's false flag because they're kids that they can't even find. And this was a terrible It was gruesome. Situation. Yeah, one, one, uh, one little girl actually smeared her classmates blood on her face and played dead um it's i mean it's it's truly remarkable i interviewed an uncle who um who said his nephew witnessed his best friend get shot in the face and that since that day his nephew has not said a word he's been completely dramatized and i think that's also something to point out that a lot of these kids are forever going to live with that trauma scarred scarred um they might not even go to school again um but that when when that when he told me that he was completely heartbroken he's like i don't know what to do uh, he's like we can't talk to my nephew right now he's he just has completely shut off the world right now 
You know, and you're wearing a Uvalde Strong shirt. We put out a Uvalde Forever shirt. We just we're donating all the proceeds from it. You know, look, I do live shows. I do this show. I I sell T-shirts for a living, right? I run my mouth for a living and put messages out there. And we were like, you know, we don't know what to do. I mean, we could sell a T-shirt. Now we've got a whole deal where people have donated a lot of livestock, and we're selling that off cows and stuff for meat, donating all that money. So you know, more information on that. But it's almost like every time you even try to do something like that, people come at you and they're going, oh, look at you trying to man, you're trying to capitalize off this. We're not. It's like this is a horrible, horrible thing. These people are scarred forever. This community and, and is scarred forever. And, and people need to come together. Like you need all hands on deck. Uh, you know, when we were spending some time down there, there was so many prayer groups and church groups coming from San Antonio praying morning being there for the community we had people flying out their service dogs from colorado so you had therapy dogs grieving counselors on the on the ground um it's one of those moments where you need all hands on deck and that you know we, we really got to look out for the families that you know impacted um you know because you know if a lot of these folks they, they you know they just lost their daughter or their son how we expect them to go back to work yeah. and just act like everything's okay so right now you know the country need, needs to come together and just you know be there for the, for these people it's a it's a working class community down to earth people some of the nicest people in the world in Uvalde. I have a really good relationship with Don McLaughlin, the mayor. The mayor cares about his community. Um, so they, they, they need all hands on deck. They really do. Were you there for the governor's press conference when O'Rourke came in? We were actually just, we were, we just left Uvalde, but as soon as that exploded, I mean, the, the community was just angry. Um, you could even drive, we were driving down Uvalde and we actually saw us, uh, one of the signs say, don't turn our tragedy into a political uh, moment for you. Yeah. Um, so they were very angry from Beto. And let's, to remind the audience, when Beto did that, I mean, it was just a few hours before that parents just found out whether right. their kid w was deceased or not in the early hours. So it wasn't even 24 hours. And, and, and that's where you had the mayor, Don McLaughlin. He jumps up and says, you six out of a B. Yeah. Um, so they were very angry. And, and the community has, has, has the mayor's back on that one. That is a situation where now if O'Rourke had come in there and said, I'm here to stand in solidarity with the governor and, and it, let's move forward even though we're political opponents i don't know i don't know just stay away from it i mean don't we, touch we, it i mean you're a candidate and if you're not a candidate there's zero percent chance you show up there right I, I just don't so obviously it was an exploitation yeah and you know we just we just covered president biden's visit and you've all the heat i mean president biden uh, arrived alongside governor greg abbott so they you know they put put their political differences uh to the side so they, they arrived together but um it's also key for the audience to know that you know these texas democrats they're going to use this situation. They're going to fundraise like crazy. We actually, um, Saturday, we drove to Houston and we covered the NRA protest. Yeah. And Linda Hidalgo, county judge, was speaking. You had Beto O'Rourke speak and other key Democrats. Right now, um, they're going to raise millions off this. And if the GOP in Texas falls asleep, I think it's going to cost us some, some seats. Yeah. The, the the key thing is it's uh, millions are going to be coming outside of Texas now. And, and they're going to try to really play a role in these in these races. So that's something for, I think, the audience to pay attention to, that if the GOP and the Republicans and congressmen and, and here in Texas fall asleep, they will lose some seats because they're raising millions off So this. to that point, I'm going to ask you, and you could tell me to shut up, but in your opinion, is this a crazy kid who got some guns, decided to go into a school, shoot it up. There were some mistakes made on the part of law enforcement in terms of their response. But at the end of the day, that's it. It was a tragedy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because I know there's a lot of people out there who, and again, we want to play the blame game. There's a lot of people on one side. They want to say, no, this was politically motivated. This was an FBI thing. This was a cartel hit. This was all of these things. And then you got the other side that won't say, oh, we got to get rid of all the guns, you know, and I just don't feel that either side is right in this. 
where, you know, when I say fishy stuff going on, yeah, there was mistakes that were made. Some stuff wasn't right. We need to get to the bottom of this. Um, God forbid the last thing I feel that we need to do is make a big conspiracy out of this thing when these people are grieving the way that they right. are. Um, now, to that end, to that end, and I will say this, my controversial statement of the day, I don't trust the American government. I, I don't trust I don't trust the Texas government at this point in time. I don't trust big government. Uh, and to the degree that they will exploit their citizens for political gain, I think they will utilize every avenue and every opportunity to do that. That's been shown throughout human history because people are garbage, right? But I pray to God this isn't one of those situations. I pray to God it's not. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. And the big thing, too, that a lot of people, I get messages all the time like, oh, Jorge, this is a, this is a, a, a distraction. I'm like... The U.S. government doesn't need to distract you to do any corruption. They just they just send they just forty billion it. to Ukraine in front of your face. Yeah. You think they need to distract you? <laughs> they don't no, need yeah, they, don't, they don't need. They feel like oh, it's a CR. They don't need to do any of that stuff. Um, they don't need to. No, they're they're doing it. They're corrupt. I don't trust government, like you said, to even get a handling on the situation. I, I'm just praying that these good people don't get exploited from from these folks. And I, you know, pr- even myself, who's in who works in media. Just, I think it's also important for me to just to get out of Uvalde. Let let these people breathe. Let the community yeah. heal, because um, it's going to be a very long process. A lot of lot of folks in law enforcement are going to be held held accountable. One of those is P. Arodande, which is Uvalde police chief who 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 made the decision to stand down. He was actually supposed to be sworn into city council today. That was canceled. So I'm interested to to, to see what what happens there. But uh, I mean, you been you've been down there to Uvalde, Chad. These are just good. Uh, honest working class folks very family orientated down yeah. there everyone has your back in Uvalde so I'm hoping those people just don't get exploited and that um, you know Americans could just come together and really really help these folks out I agree um, and I've heard from a lot of friends in Uvalde they've reached out and we've talked um, and I've expressed the same condolences you know ask how we can help if there's any way possible that's that's kind of the role that we're taking as far as my platform is concerned um, and I'll make my audience more aware of that as we go forward. But it's crazy because um, uh, these are good people. I mean, they, these are, they don't deserve this, right? They don't deserve this. And we'll talk a little bit maybe in the next segment about just the insanity of this gun we, craze. We, you were just at the NRA. Yeah, so. and we, we can't forget, Chad, um, the two brave teachers that – I mean, they used their body and tried to do the best they could right. to shield – their students from right. from from dying, and you know one of the one of the teachers, um, I think it was like a day or two after the shooting, her husband had a fatal heart attack. Yeah. Um. So now they leave four kids behind. The other teacher leaves uh, two kids in 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 college. So we can't forget, you know, their their heroic acts. I mean, they really try to do something, and they put their own body on the line to protect their fourth graders. Yeah. It's a good point. I want to uh, take a break, and then we're going to come back. I want to talk to you about a teacher that didn't so good, didn't do so good, completely separate from the Uvalde situation. But uh, then we'll talk about guns a little bit as well. I mean, again, we got to talk about the NRA and what happened there. But uh, anyway, uh, you've heard me talk about the three-week rule. It is the best financial advice I could ever give you. Uh, wait three weeks to buy a new car. Wait three weeks to refinance your home mortgage. Wait three weeks to finance any major purchase. Why three weeks? Because that's how fast the average ScoreMaster user takes to boost his or her credit score. An average of 61 points. And listen, 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands in pretty much on every everything you finance. ScoreMaster technology was developed by credit data scientists to boost your credit score higher and faster than you thought possible. 
ScoreMaster is so easy, it takes about a minute to get started, and you don't have to wait for months for your best credit score. I want you to try it today. I'm a member. I actively use it. See how many plus points you can add to your credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash Chad. That's scoremaster.com slash Chad. One more time, because I want you to do it. Scoremaster.com slash Chad. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. I want to talk to you about this one topic that I saw a headline on this week. And this is kind of crazy, folks. Uh, any one of you who's been aware of me for more than five minutes knows that I have talked about practice and, yes, even literally sung the praises of corporal punishment. That's whooping spankings. Uh, I've done it in studio right here. I've done it abroad. You might be familiar with my delightful little song called Beat That Ass. I've sung it all over the world. It's a hard-hitting masterpiece if there ever was one. I have been and always shall be full-throated on the notion that to spare the rod is to spoil the child if they don't think twice the next time they want to do something. Uh, then you did it wrong the first time. You got to whoop that ass. You know what I'm talking about. But even I have limits. Picture, if you can, uh, stomach it. Uh, the spectacle of a principal dragging a special needs child by his ankles 500 feet down a hallway after he failed to comply with a request to get out of his seat. Um, that's your warm welcome to Walter Hill Elementary School in Tennessee and your introduction to Principal Helen Campbell, who currently stands to lose her job, depending on the eventual ruling of the school board. And while the child only sustained minor injuries, I mean only, you shouldn't have sustained any. Uh, that's what happens when you're used to, you know, buff the floor for 500 feet. You're going to sustain some injuries. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the controversial position here of agreeing with those who level the charges at her that she should be fired and they must really like her at that school because currently the school board can't seem to make up its mind about whether or not to do so. Now let's get a couple of things straight here. One, the child was not harming himself nor was he attempting to harm anyone else. You throw something like that in the mix and I say drag the kid all the way to the police station if you have to. Two, this was a special needs kid, all right? Now I'm not saying everyone who rides on you know, that particular spectrum of, of existence, uh, it, 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 it doesn't mean they're all on equal footing or, or should get special treatment. But I do know that lots of kids with things like autism do not understand social cues the way the rest of us do and do not respond to corporal punishment the way that neurotypical kids probably would. Also, you just don't drag a kid, you know, several hundred feet down a hallway, period. You don't do it. I mean, at a certain point, context ceases to matter because you've fallen so far outside the scope of a normal and healthy response to a kid being a shithead. You're just wrong ipso facto. You know, I'd rather be inter I'd, I'd be interested to hear what the teacher worshiping lefties out there think about this. And again, I respect the office of the teacher. I think when you're doing it right, you're doing God's work educating our kids. But I also know a lot of them don't do it right. We've continually pointed that out on this show. Um, so I don't fall in that category of just giving everybody a, you know, a carte blanche free you know, get out of jail, free card, whatever. So I want to know what you purple hairs think about it. I know this woman was a principal and not a teacher and so probably falls under your definition of the typical patriarchal white male position rather than that of a poorly paid and overworked teacher slash saint. But hey, this principal identifies as a woman, I think. So how about it? What's your opinion? Look, folks, show me a video of a teacher meeting out well-deserved discipline to an unruly punk and I'm all on board. I'll bring the popcorn. It'll be weird, but we'll celebrate together the doing of justice in the school system. But for goodness sakes, can we maybe not try to overcompensate for failing education by committing actual child abuse, especially when it comes to a special needs kid? I'd feel a lot better if you just kind of chill, folks. Do you see that story? Jorge, did I have you see not, it? but that's insane. 
mean, oh my Dude, god! She's got. I mean, look. Here's the thing. I've seen some wild video. If, like, if, you, know, if you, you did got, that to me, my mom will be in there with this chancla <laughs> swinging, man. I mean, I've seen some. You know, they got security cameras everywhere in these schools now. Um, and I'm like, wow. I mean, this lady, she's just dragging this kid all the way down the hallway. Uh, anyway, again, I'm. I'm <laughs> see. Anybody that watches my show knows, Jorge, I, I don't want, I want all kids out of public schools. I just, all I right. don't, you know, and that again, that's not a slap at teachers. Unfortunately, the teachers are getting victimized as much as the kids are, right? But just public school system has absolutely gone down. I mean, it just really is. We've created a, a cultural environment and a society whereby it's become a necessary evil in many ways. And I, I tweeted it over the weekend and people came at me. I said, college is a scam. Oh, um, man. I mean, and people don't understand what I mean by that because I love to trigger people. But if you want to go and get a degree program, just take the classes you need to get that degree and get trained and specialize in that deal. And I believe in college. I got two college graduates this year. My 15-year-old, my 15-year-old son just enrolled in college yesterday. Wow. wow. So you do the math on that. It's a smart kid. Yeah, He's, smart kid. He, ain't, he ain't going to take, you know, uh, remedial English, let's just say. <laughs> So anyway. I dropped out Chad, two years ago. Yeah, dropped. Out. I mean, yeah. and look at you now, baby. Yeah. I mean, I got several degrees. I don't know that I'm using any of them. Yeah. Uh, I definitely didn't get this job yeah. based on my degrees. Uh, it's wild, man. It's wild. Uh, Joe Biden came out. Joe Biden had a lot to say, particularly about nine millimeters, mm. uh, nine millimeter um, handguns. Which, by the way, if we get a chance, we're going to talk about Canada as well. Canada's now basically taking everybody's yep. guns. Um, they're just going to do it over over time. Do you have that clip of, of Biden? Play that clip. 22 caliber bullets will lodge in the lung. And we can probably get it out. Maybe it'll get it and save the life. A 9mm bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these high caliber weapons... You would think that as the president of the United States, you would know that people are going to go, yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> like the, the nine millimeter does not blow your lung out of your body. In fact, most people who carry the nine millimeters, not that most, it's not a very powerful round in right, that regard. Yeah. <laughs> the stopping power of the nine millimeter, not the strongest on that deal. How does he get away with this stuff? Who even knows how this guy's still in office, man? I don't. <laughs> it's, it's it's surprising. I don't. He can't read the room, and uh, man, uh, good old it, Joe. It's insane. What was the atmosphere at the NRA? At the NRA, it was, uh, well, anytime uh, we were covering it where anytime people were like entering the attendees, I mean, they were getting yelled at, screamed at. I mean, we saw, you know, folks in like wheelchairs, you know, just going in there peacefully and folks were screaming at them and hollering at them. I mean, it was a very, very angry crowd um, outside that Houston NRA. Yeah. Very angry. And the thing what I would stump them on, Chad, is I would say, you know, I would do interviews. I said, hey, you know, right now the, the Democrats, they control the, they control the House, they control the Senate and the White House. Why haven't they done anything on gun control legislation? And they couldn't give me an answer. Right. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Again, well. it's not about logic. It, it's not about facts. It's about feelings in that regard. I mean, for instance, everybody that goes to the NRA convention is armed. They're all carrying. Well, Chad, I actually wanted to see, what, what did you think of all the country artists pulling out of and the NRA? I didn't like that. I didn't like that. That bugs me. Um, and, uh, you know, 
My my thing is you're basically again placing blame even by default of pulling out of that by it's not the NRA's fault. The NRA, no member of the NRA has ever committed a mass casualty shooting. So you're placing blame on a gun lobby that I don't think it's deserved. Now, I have my problems with the NRA. Don't right, get me right. wrong, but uh, it ain't on those lines. So, you know, and I'm not a member of the NRA. People can come at me all they want. I'm just not. I don't like the direction of the organization these days under Wayne LaPierre. But uh, I wish those guys had gone ahead and, and committed to doing what they were going to do. I get it. You want to stand in solidarity. I mean, but I don't know that that was the right way to do it. Um, real quick break before we do it. Friends, if you're worried about the future, uh, I don't blame you, but I don't want you to be caught unprepared for what's ahead. Only You can only blame yourself, folks. Go to my special webpage, preparewithchad.com. You'll be able to save $150 worth uh, on a three-month three, uh, three month emergency food kit from my friends at My Patriot Supply. That's a great deal on food that's good, actually delicious. It's not bunker food. they got a wide variety of meals, and it's enough to last uh, three solid months per person. Uh, you're going to get 2,000 calories a day. You're going to have strength energy to get through what's coming. stays fresh for up to 25 years if you store it right, and that's not hard to do. So it's there when you need it. Don't face the future without food. Go to preparewithchad.com right now. Get $150 savings per kit. It's going to ship free it's going to ship fast it's going to arrive in unmarked boxes for privacy go to preparewithchad.com today that's preparewithchad.com and we'll be right back Well, before we get out of here, what else do people need to know? You gonna come back tomorrow? You gonna yes, hang sir. out? All right. Yes, sir. Well, but on this on this Uvalde deal, what else do people know? What what have, what are we missing? Uh, the the new detail that we just got, uh, Chad, is that now the Department of Justice is going to be investigating the uh, police department. So we're so uh, we're going to see how that investigation falls out. Governor Greg Abbott was pretty livid in a press conference. He said that he was uh, misled with the, with the first initial report. So we're still waiting for that. And I'm uh, we're talking to, we're going to be talking to our sources and trying to get more information on Salvador Ramos and get, uh, paint a picture on who exactly this guy was and, and yeah. what led him uh, to that event. There's a lot of mm-hmm. details that we don't know. Yeah, there's a, a lot, lot of things, things are still unfolding, and that's right understandable. Now. That's understandable, folks. You're not. I know y'all are in a instant information age, but that's not what happens in a situation like this. These are real people involved, and respect the tragedy, respect these people, respect what they're going through, and it's hard. Pray for them um, and contribute where you can. If you got any aspects as far as contributions and places people can go, because we've got some things coming up. But we're just funneling all of our stuff into one place to try to help the community. I, I don't know exactly. Just um, I know if you guys, there's a lot of community groups in uh, San Antonio that are putting a lot of things together. So reach out to them. Um, really, if you guys see one of these, like you've all these strong shirts, you know, buy them. The, the proceeds go go directly to the family. Yeah. Whatever you could do, uh, you know, pray, mourn, anything, anything. They they need all hands on deck. Like I said, people were driving from all all across Texas just to just to be there and 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 pray for the community. And that's I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. It's the thing about Texas. You can say what you want to say about Texas, but there is a strong spirit and a strong community in the sense in the in people. You know, we don't have to get mandated to come help each other. Exactly. We don't have to. Uh, you know, we didn't do it in Hurricane Harvey. In this situation, people band together. They come together. They're coming over from various other towns and cities to pray, to be there, to support. As you said, bring in the support dogs. I mean, these are children involved. So many things going on. So this is a thing that's not going to go away 
fast. And, and even if there is something that pops up in the news cycle in the coming days, we're not going to forget. We're going to be there with you, Valde, and um, continue to stand with them. So thank you for doing what you're doing, Jorge. And um, God, there's so many things in the news to get into. Did you see the Paul Pelosi thing, Nancy Pelosi's? <laughs> God, I, I mean, guess I went viral on that tweet saying that if, if I if I was married to Nancy Pelosi, I, I'd be drinking and on the run too. You know, yeah, I can't blame him at all. Yeah, I don't people got pissed all. off. You know, people got pissed off. But so what? There it is, right there. Nancy Pelosi, husband arrested for DUI. If it's she okay. was she my could, uh, wife, um, she could bail him out with that uh, insider trading money. That yeah, they, uh, I'd be drinking and trying to get away too. Paul Pelosi worth 120 million dollars. This economy so bad. Can't even find a good chauffeur. Can't afford a chauffeur. Yeah. Put both of those things out there over the weekend. Apparently, people really love Nancy Pelosi. Who'd have thunk it? Who would have thought, dude? I mean, the Twitter bots came to her defense on that thing. Um, but oh well. I, I'm really hoping that he was drinking some 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 good tequila, man. Some nice <laughs> Don Julio. Yeah, you're going to get pulled over. Yeah. At least, we, we at least for some good tequila, my buddy. Casa Azul right here. This sitting here on the whole. <laughs> it's a piece of art. By chance, do you have a TikTok? Can we end this on a lighthearted note-ish, maybe, kind of? All right, play it. Beautiful. Thank you. They're going to go to one of our schools and present deadly force. We are going to meet you with deadly force, and we are going to kill you. You don't get to shoot our children. You don't get to hurt our children. You bring deadly force in this county. We are going to kill you. That's Florida. And I think that's the attitude right there. Yeah, that's the, yeah. I think that's energy. what you got to do. Forget this gun-free zone stuff. Uh, we got to get to a point where you have, you know, armed security... I, I have another tweet that I put out there. Americans will continue to use guns to protect that which they value. If it's not being protected with guns, it shows you that we don't value we that don't value. right now. And our schools don't have any value. The kids don't have any value. But we live in an age where you just abort, you know, 98% it's, it's of abortions are convenience. I mean, we, could, we could send $40 billion yeah. to Ukraine. And we can't, that $40 billion, we could we could have armed uh, yeah. security at all of our campuses in every single community, in all those um, low-income communities. But, you know, I mean, our establishment Republicans it, and Democrats don't care about us. If, if I'm a wild-eyed, crazy person intent to go out and do violence and harm in a school, I know that the gun-free sign, gun-free zone sign, is not going to be what detracts me from going right. in there. You know, you give me a bad hombre that's a retired veteran that's, a, you know, highly trained standing there that gets paid seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a mm-hmm. year to stand there. Uh, you know, with an M4 and, you know, that, that nine millimeter that's, you know, designed to blow the lung right out of the body, then I'd say, you know, I, I'm probably going to think twice about this whole deal. It's a sad situation, man. But we, we got to, you know, people say, oh, we need less guns. No, 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 no. If we had a gun problem, if we had a gun problem, and I'll say this before we go to a quick break, if we had a gun problem, none of you would ever go to a public place ever again. You wouldn't go to the grocery store. You wouldn't go to a sporting event. You just wouldn't go. You wouldn't go to the theater. You wouldn't go to the schools. You just wouldn't go. You wouldn't go because you'd be afraid you were going to be a victim of mass violence. These things are rare. They are, mm-hmm. by and large. They, they're rare, and guns do tend to be the, the weapon of choice. Um, and But, again, you don't believe that because, again, everybody went into that NRA building the other day in Houston. They all were packing. They oh, were all yeah. carrying us. They didn't start firing randomly and indiscriminately into that and there crowd. There's a lot of, of co- confrontations. You know, there were confrontations, yeah. but nobody's, you know, pulling that gun out and going to work. Exactly, know? yeah. Because, again, it's about responsible gun ownership, and we can have that debate all day long, every day. Uh, real quick, we're going to top some loose ends. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Jorge Ventura, he's always on the front lines. You need to be following him on all social medias. Where is the best place people need to keep up with you? Best place right now is Instagram and Twitter. Instagram at Jorge Ventura TV. And then Twitter, we're breaking news in real time at Jorge Ventura Media. Thank you. Tomorrow we'll have fun. Yes, sir. All right, today was heavy. Tomorrow we'll come back for hump day. We'll yeah, have thank you, fun. Jeff, for having me on. Just to also clarify some of this inform- misinformation that, that was flowing out, and we got to at least correct it. And uh, yeah. I think your audience would appreciate Good. it. Good. Yeah, I hope that I hope that that they do take it for take it for what it is, folks. We're serious about this issue. We want the right stuff out there. Watchchad.com is where all the fun stuff is. Uh, I'm going to be in Belton, Texas, Friday night. Bernie, Texas, on Saturday, and then Fort Worth at Billy Bob's on Sunday night. Watchchad.com has all the information. Don't forget, sign up. BlazeTV.com/slash Chad. Use promo code Chad for savings. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you.